Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. of Ramble with Russell and this year's Halloween special for 2022 home of one of the longest running single host pop culture podcast in Ontario and the home of intelligent rambling right here in the talk show network I'm your host Russell Hale terrific show lined up for you today on this Halloween episode now in the past I generally try to make a whole kind of spooky themed show <laughs> I have a lot of kind of you know spooky related Lisa to talk about. Well, this year just it's not really giving me that a lot to talk about. But before we get on this week's Halloween show, although I will put one song in, I will always like to play. We're gonna the what's what's on deck for review. Do a little bit of news review at the time of this recording. Well, as I've been talking to you ramblers for the last little bit, the 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 cuts at Warner Brothers keep on coming. At the time of this recording, uh, it was it was announced not too long ago that the uh, DC TV show Star Girl or Star Girl, <laughs> that's why likes to announce it. Unfortunately, will not be receiving a fourth season. The current season, which is airing right now, as I'm recording this, will be its last season and will not get a fourth. And you know what? <laughs> It's so sad to say, I pretty much saw this coming. Uh, lately, with, with Zaslav, he is just trimming the fat at Warner Brothers. And a lot of the shows, you know, they're just, I, the, the chances of them getting renewed is very slim. And I kind of thought that was going to be the case. And it was confirmed that, yeah. And I, I really hope that the producers of that show kind of knew that going coming in, in mind with this third season. And we're hoping it will have a proper ending. I will get to talking about that when it hits home video, either late this year, although the chances of this year hit home video, I don't know, or more likely early next year. Well, I, I'm not, it hasn't been officially announced yet, but since it's not going to be a fourth, they won't usually wait, you know, rush or wait too much time to put the, the last one on video. Now, in addition to that announcement, uh, there's also talk that Superman and Lois, although I think a third season has been confirmed, although I don't know, they may not, they may be writing that one just like Stargirl and maybe that's going to be the end of it. Because uh, it's not looking good for DC TV, TV shows. And now currently as well, we're just gearing up for Titan season four and Doom Patrol season four. And just like with Stargirl, if I was me, and the writers and showrunners of those two shows, I'd be writing those seasons like they're the last. If they get a renewal for season five for either of those shows, 
I'll really be surprised. I, it, it's not looking good for, for DC content on TV. And, and I'm thinking that, you know, the only reason those shows got those extra seasons is they were, you know, they had the go ahead for them before the whole merger takeover <laughs> discovery Warner thing happened. So I guess resources were probably already committed to it and they couldn't just back out of it. But even if ratings are like super good for either of those three shows, I don't see them getting a renewal. Uh, and, and we could be seeing the end of an era when it comes to DC shows. I mean, we have, we've had such a good run with the Arrowverse. You know, Arrow kind of uh, kicked it off you know, more than 10 years ago and really spawned a lot of shows since then. For the good and for the bad, some of them not so great. And, and really brought a huge amount of DC properties to TV. I mean, we had a great run in Smallville for 10 years and it was a bit of a gap. And then Arrow kind of came in and filled that out. But with this latest run, I don't know when that's going to happen again. Once these current shows are done, it could be another long wait, Ramblers, before we see any more DC TV on TV. You know, there's rumor, lots of rumor, that all this trimming of the fat is that Zaslav and company are getting Warner Brothers and Discovery ready to sell again, and Universal could be a buyer maybe sometime in the new year. Uh, they're just trimming the fat and make it nice, you know, nice and ready to be sold again. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I, for one, I don't really want this to happen. I, I think competition is good. And if Universal does swallow up Warner Brothers, <laughs> that's... You know, one less competition. And then we could be living in a world come 2023 where your major studios are just Universal, Paramount, and Sony. That's it. There's your three. And, and you know, and that's... With less competition, it, 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 you're going to have less variety. It's just, you do the math, it's going to work out. So I don't know, man. It, it's 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 things are really trimming down when it comes to entertainment studios, and that's what the future could be. It could be just those three major studios. This could be, or the major studios could just be Disney, Sony, Paramount, and Universal Warner, <laughs> because you know Fox is already a part of Disney. That could be it. Where once we had a plethora of studios, including a lot of independents, we could be down to just four. And how long that lasts for, who the heck knows? And <laughs> I don't know, because we've seen this. We've seen, you know, that when, when Disney took over Fox, look how much emphasis on that has been. Look how much the Fox brand and Fox stuff has been shrunken down and de-emphasized, right? And if Universal swallows up Warner, we could be seeing the same thing, man. I mean... The, so many animated shows now are just being axed and cut and, and TV shows. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to all those IPs, Ramblers. I really don't know. It, it's, you know, the, 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 the picture, the, the future. We'll see. Warner has been so good, man, with putting stuff to physical media. They have been... Uh, you know, right up there. And I don't know what's going to happen with this. It, it really is an interesting times. Stuff I couldn't have predicted when I started the show over 16 years ago. The, the, the media landscape has changed so much. 
and we have so much to go. I don't know how far we're gonna go with this. Oh, so we'll see, man. It, it's 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 an interesting world we live in, and and we'll see what the future has to hold. So I decided to give you guys a little bit of entertainment update. If you've not been following this. And and you know you add that to the the chaos of Elon Musk buying Twitter. I, <laughs> it's gonna happen to Twitter. It, that actually happened. That's a reality. So ah, crazy times. People were living crazy times. <laughs> so that's that. What's on the show this week? I just want to cover up some of the news. Just get off my chest because it's it's been frequent. We're going to boldly go into the Trek universe again with season two of Star Trek Picard on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment, and catch up with Jean-Luc and the gang as they explore new territory, and he encounters an old friend and an old enemy in this second season. And I'll also touch a bit on season one, since I didn't really officially get uh, a copy of that on video, but I did check it out just so I can keep up to date. Then we go from the world of Trek to the world of Mortal Kombat with the 4K animated Blu-ray review of Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind, courtesy of Warner Brothers Pictures Home Entertainment, where we have another chapter in the Mortal Kombat universe. This one is a big what-if involving good old Kano. Then we go from the world of uh, fighting and, and, and quite violent combat to a much more friendly version of combat, this time with the animated Blu-ray review of the uh, another entry from the great folks of Paramount Pictures, Home Entertainment. It is Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank on Blu-ray, starring the voices of Michael Sierra, Ricky Gervais, uh, George Takai, uh, Gabriel Ingleses, Michelle Yeoh, and Samuel L. Jackson as a as a samurai dog looks to defend a bunch of cats in this kind of you know martial arts kind of comedy adventure on the lighter side. It's like the opposite of Mortal Kombat. And then we round things up. I'd have one thing today because it is a Halloween episode, so I had to have something Halloween-y. And this is the brand new uh, Scooby-Doo adventure on DVD, courtesy of Warner Brothers. Home Entertainment, and that is Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo on DVD, where the Scooby-Doo gang go up against a very interesting challenge in this brand new animated adventure. That's all on this episode of Rambo with Russell. So we're going to take a quick little musical interlude right up with the first review of the show. TV show on Blue Review for this episode is Picard, season two, courtesy of Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, this show originally airs on Paramount Plus, and I, I got it. I said this before, and I'll say this again. I really do like how Paramount Plus is still putting things on physical media. Yay, Paramount! I will, I will applaud you for that. Some other companies don't want to put any of their content in physical anymore. But luckily, Paramount is not that studio, and they are still putting the shows that air on their streaming service. Eventually, once they get their first you know, run, they do get physical media releases. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I do appreciate that. You know, not everybody can afford streaming services all the time, and we like to own things. So it's nice when they still do that. This course is the second season of the Picard show. I don't call it the Picard show. They might as well. And, and this, you know, is 
it's it leads from the first season, but it's its own little, weird little separate entity. And the first season of Picard, of course, the main plot was the whole, um, you know, the android stuff and the data connection and all that, right? And where Picard goes out and, you know, gets a new crew, essentially. Uh, these ragtag uh, bunch of characters, including 709, uh, makes her come back in the show. And the first season, I rewatched it again and prepped myself for the, fir- for the second. I unfortunately didn't get a physical copy of that sent to me. <laughs> I did it this one, though. So the first season was kind of that whole story arc, and they wrapped it up, you know, and it was nice, wrapped it in a bow, and it was all kind of well and good. And you had that established. So what that first season does is it kind of sets things up with season two. So the the ragtag crew that he kind of assembles in two, on one, carries over into two. At the start of two, you know, the characters have moved on a little bit from one, the end of one. One had a nice kind of all-encompassing, whoosh, we wrap everything up, right? But started two, everything seems normal, and then this big event happens right at the start of the season, and then, bammo, there's your story arc for the rest of these episodes of the second season of Picard. And in a lot of ways, woo, it, 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 it's really different. It, it touches on the elements of the first. I mean, it does help to watch the first, to watch the second, because then you know his relationship between Picard and these other crew members and their relationship between each other, yada, yada, yada. So that helps. But direction-wise, plot-wise, holy moly, does this go into some interesting timey-wimey kind of stuff and 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 a little bit of time travel and brings in an old enemy in Star Trek in a new kind of way. And I, I like how, how they did this. And there's a character that gets reintroduced. There's a new version of this character. And I like the new version. It's well done. Now, my wife has yet to see this, and she is the Trekkie of my family. And I'm curious to see her interpretation of this uh, in, in what she thinks. I think it was a darn good job. And, and I thought, in particular, the, the actress of, of Annie Wershing, she's just really well with this role. I mean, it's as good as I've seen that type of character done, really. And and I, I you know, the returning cast characters are, are good in this one. Although the character of Elmore, played by Evan uh, uh, Evagora, he kind of gets sidelined early on in the season, and he pretty much doesn't come back to near the end. Yeah, so you're like, oh, are, are we done with this character? <laughs> it's like, okay. So that's, I don't know what happened with him. I, I tried to read up on this. Maybe he had some kind of COVID thing and he had to take him off the show. But it's interesting how that's done. Uh, points go to Allison Pill in this one, who plays Agnes Girardi. She, something happens to her character that, and I give her points for acting. She really pulls it off. Now, just like the first season, we do get some nice, you know, guest stars from old STNG days. I won't say who they are, but one in particular is kind of the main force of what happens in the second season. That character. And this this second season does serve 
as a way of closing the curtain on this character in the STNG universe. I don't think after this second season, they kind of closed the book on this particular character. And I, I think it was done in a really interesting way. The scenes between that character and Picard were really well done. And, and it shows the history that they've had together. And I, I like that. That, that. that worked for me. Uh, the, the, again, with, with modern Trek shows, and even though I despise Michael Burnham and Discovery, the modern Trek shows, when it comes to special effects, are oh, they gorgeous. I watch the show you know, on my 4K set, and it's like, man, modern sci-fi is beautiful. And it really works well in this, in this show. I mean, it continues to impress me how nice it looks. Like, man, it looks... And they really do a good job with special effects. Four extras. Now, this is a very short season. You only get, you know, 10 episodes, and that's it. And the way that 10, this season ends... It ends in a way, just like with the first season, the second ends in a way that it's like, okay, we're done this story arc. And I watch trailer for the third, and it's like, hey, okay, so this is what we're teasing for season three. And, and there's a lot more past Next Generation people that are coming back for season three than came back before. And that's going to make things interesting. And there's a villain in this. Maybe I don't know my Trek well enough. Other than her being a short-haired, kind of ugly, bitchy woman. That basically, from my season 3 trailer, she's coming for Picard. She's coming for the Federation. And, and she ain't taking no prisoners. So... <laughs> Well, we'll see where that goes. This the, the upcoming third and final season set to air at the time of this recording in February of 2023 will be the last. He's not, I guess he said, I, I'm good for three seasons and I'm done. So we'll see at the end of season three how they leave Picard and how they leave the character uh, and a lot of other maybe STNG characters <laughs> uh, when the show is done and over with. And whether, you know... Trekkies and long-term Star Trek fans will be happy with where they go. There were some scenes oof, in the first season with some older characters that were really brutal. <laughs> uh, so we'll see where it goes. I did like the work that, um, you know, that, that the, the, like seven to nine had a really good character arc in this one too. I, I thought she did a terrific job. In this, and it's nice to see her get some more work with this character. I always thought there could be more done with her, and and I think she did a great job with it. I think you know it's just works for me uh, when it comes to that. And nice to see her, you know, getting some extra work uh, done, and a nice kind of side of her that you know maybe we hadn't seen in Voyager, and I've seen a lot of Voyager. Uh, so when I see Jerry Ryan, you know, kind of doing her thing and 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 she does something to oof, i don't know if season one or two that is like wow i can't believe she thought that but that <laughs> just the way the show goes overall i i did like this season i, I in a lot of ways really 
I like kind of Picard better than 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 bloody Discovery. It's not as preachy. There's not as much of, you know, I am the bestest character, Michael Burden. I can do everything and everything's, and I am, you know, I can be, you know, even eaten by an alien thing, and I still survive it. Kind of deal, to her. So I like that. It it, it doesn't seem to have that kind of. It's just a yeah, it's just a sci-fi show and. That's all I want, people. Just sci-fi show. I don't need messages all the time. For extras in this set, and Paramount, you know, the, the Star Trek shows, they never disappoint me. Rarely ever do. Lots of extras in this set. Now, when it comes to packaging, ah, it's hit and miss lately with a lot of people. In, the, in You know, in other shows, it's a three-disc set. So you think, okay, you do one disc and one side, you do one disc and on the side, and in the middle you make a flippy. I don't know why for this show, but they made one side single disc, and they did stackable on the other side with disc two and three. Why didn't you make a flippy in the middle? What? We've been hard about doing that, but they didn't do that, and that's booger. I don't know why they're so inconsistent with packaging, and sometimes you get a middle flip, and sometimes you don't. That's my personal pet peeve, and I'm going to go with it because I don't know what's going on. For extras uh, in this, you do get uh, uh, a feature on the USS Stargazer. Yeah, that ship gets a refit, gets a brand new version of it in this show, and it looks gorgeous. So, so you get a nice look into that, which also includes, you know, uh, you know, like time lapse photography along with the designer and um, and also graphic artist Michael Lucada. So you get a lot of that in it. You get the chateau which is which is plays a big part in the show. So over that the feature at the trial is over which is a look at the behind the scenes look at at uh, Patrick Stewart and the character I told you about before and their kind of history within the show and how that kind of was wrapped up. You also get rebuilding a certain character. I'm not going to say who it is because I'm giving it too much away if I say it. But that is cool how they did that. How they said, okay, we're going to take this character you know and we're going to just redesign it and make it, you know, today. You also have Picard props uh, uh, with uh, property master uh, Jeff Lombardi. He looks at all the props that they built for the, you. They love the props. You get Picard Passages, which is a, a kind of a, a fan featurette. You get a gag reel. I love gag reels and deleted scenes. No audio commentary again. And like, you know, why couldn't we have had it on the first and like the last episode? What do you killed them to do that? Especially with uh, good old Patrick Stewart and some other actors. Would have been really cool. Uh, but that's it. That's all you get. I liked the second season of Picard. It was similar yet different enough in that it was still entertaining and and still had some character developments. I'm curious to see where they go with season three, but the trailer, somebody's coming from Picard the Federation and they're looking to kick some serious tail. And other than her being angry with her really bad short haircut and ugly kind of face, I don't know what her deal is, but we'll find out in season three. So that is my take of Picard, uh, season two on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment.
4K anime Blu-ray movie review plus episode is Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this Blu-ray to review for the podcast. The opinions I express are my own. Now, this is the third entry in the Mortal Kombat Legends series of direct-to-video home video releases and is just, I'm going to tell you, Ramblers, just as violent as the previous entries. You know how I say some cartoons aren't meant for kids? Yeah, uh, this is one that is clearly not meant to be watched. This is a very adult cartoon. Right at the start, it is uber violent. There's dude's head that gets run, no, wheel gets against the dude's head. It's just like, like run against it. It is it's very violent. It is set in a world... If you've ever played a Mortal Kombat game, you know there's a feature when you play Mortal Kombat where you can fight to the end of a certain mode, and if you win with a certain character, it says, okay, because you won with this character and beat the final boss, this is what the future light will be like under this character. You play any Mortal Kombat game, it's there. Well, this takes the premise of, okay, what if Kano had won? You look at that premise, if, if you play through Mortal Kombat and you play as Kano and you win to beat the final boss, this is the world that he would have made in this. In this, the world has become a wasteland, and Kano has become uber Kano, like super Kano, like super Shredder, super Kano. He has, like, leveled up considerably. He's a much bigger, taller, bulkier cyborg, and he rules this land, the Black Dragons, really strongly. He has, um, he, he's turned Sang Soon into his servant and aged him up. And he rules all those other previous heroes. Gan. No, 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 just no, no other around, just him. And, and it's very much, so that's the world we live in, very post-apocalyptic. And the, his, his might, his rule is challenged by like a young guy that is just uh, trying to prove his worth, if you will. And you also have in, in this movie a, a fallen kind of hero in Sub-Zero who has kind of left Sub-Zero and like heroing behind, but he's forced to kind of, you know, get back into the fray when this uh, when when this when uh, when this young rebel uh, Kenshi gets injured and gets blinded, and then good old the uh, Kyo Lang must you know break through his 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 glacier of doubt, as they say, his apprehension, his willingness to fight again, and and help defeat Kano once and for all. So it's it's basically that kind of mission here, and and it's I said I watched a few of these Mortal Kombat ones. This is one of the more violent ones I've seen. I mean, I it's like they really up the ante in this, and it is quite quite the feature. Uh, so if you were squeamish in any way, just not the movie for you. But it, it's kind of like a massive what if, really? What if Kano shaped the world in his image? And so that is it. You have a lot of a decent amount of special features with this. You have adapting evil building the Black Dragon Clan. Uh, Can't see from the video game to Mortal Kombat Legends, Snowblind. 
to be the animatics, and that, and then your main kind of your main your big hefty feature is they actually have audio commentary on this by by two of the uh, production staff as well. So so that's cool. So you actually get audio commentary by the writer and I believe the director. And they're like, we can't believe we made the violent this is. We got away with it. So that's cool. I, I like to see more movies with actual audio commentary. So that is neat. It looks really good in 4K. I mean, it's, 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 the violence is very stunningly clear. And it's, and it, it, it's nice that they took a, a different take for the third movie because the, the very much the first two were, you know, highlighting some of the more well-known characters from Mortal Kombat. This one, they, they've taken a lot of characters from all the video games, because it's an old video game franchise, and kind of put them into this one. And and, and going deliberately going in a different direction just to do something different. Overall, it's very violent. It's, it's, it's a good story, but it's not for the squeamish. I haven't seen, like, so much animated blood and gore. It's crazy. But here it is. I don't know what they're going to do if they ever do a third. Because violence-wise, it's going to be super hard to top this movie. Holy moly's. But, you know, if you're a big Mortal Kombat fan, I could see them doing more with the, the warrior dude, the blind warrior dude. We'll see. But if you're a Mortal Kombat fan and, and you're not squeamish, <laughs> this is definitely the story for you. But I wouldn't let little kids watch it. It's it's an animated movie that's not for kids. And with this, you get not only the 4K Blu-ray, but the um, the regular Blu-ray as well. Keep in mind, all the main special features are strictly on the Blu-ray version of this feature. Although, I think you do get audio commentary on the 4K. So. so that is my take of Mortal Kombat Legends Snowblind on 4K Blu-ray. Come on back. Courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Those cats were fast as
is Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank, courtesy of Paramount, Pictures Home Entertainment. Now, this is a, a kind of a, a, a kung fu kind of martial arts underdog story with literally a dog as his character. So in this story, it centers around the, the, this hound dog called Hank, who is a samurai, but he's samurai in a world full of cats that need a hero to defend themselves against the character uh, played by Ricky Gervais, who is kind of like a, a matriarch who has plans for this poor little village. And he is Ikachu. <laughs> Not Pikachu, Ikachu, which is, they play on that. Who wants to, you know, wipe out their village off the map because it's in the way. And they, they establish early on that the, the village originally had a samurai, uh, called Jimbo, voiced by Samuel L. Jackson, who, you know, once at uh, one time, say, and he's a cat, who saved their town, but has kind of uh, let things go, if you will. And they now need a new savior. And what the, the character of Ricky Gervais does is he sends Chuck, <laughs> you know, or Hank, played by my Sierra, this dog, to the village to fail. He thinks, oh, well, you're sending a dog to a cat's village. He's going to fail. It'll just you know, go the wrong way, and then he can still go in and kind of, you know, plow it down and use it. But his plan kind of backfires on him in that this dog is a lot more determined to prove his worth and 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 try to make, make you know, uh, something of himself. So it, it's kind of the, the that kind of story in it. And the voice cast for this is pretty good. So, yeah, I said you have Samuel L. Jackson as Jimbo, the former samurai. That, that's kind of his redemption story. And the way they do this plot, it's very meta. There's a lot of things, like right from the beginning, you know, the pot, the, the opening credits come up. And I love the, the, the opening song for this movie. It's really fun. Like the opening credit, the title sequence flashing the screen, and the characters, like, run through it, and they hit it. And you're going, what the heck? So there's a lot of meta moments like that where it's like they're in a movie but then they talk to the audience or things like the title sequence happens. So it has that kind of mix to it. Also rounding out the cast, you have George Takai, good old Sulu, as the character of Oga. It was kind of, you know, the, the right-hand henchman uh, for Ikachu. And then you have Mel Brooks. Good old Mel Brooks, man. The guy is, is he's up there. He plays the Shogun, who, who typically assigns looks after the valley sort of thing. So he's in that. You have uh, Gabriel Iglesias as the character Chuck. And, so, and you have Michelle Yeoh as the character of Yuki, who is one of the cats in the village. So you have quite a good, you know, cast, voice cast in this movie. And it very much is, like, it's a very family-friendly movie. There's nothing really in it. Like, you know, compared to Mortal Kombat, it's a 360 here. No really big poop jokes, because you know I hate poop jokes. And the music in it is quite good. Like I said, the opening theme song, and it's a nice little underdog kind of story, which yeah, there's a lot of things where it references, it's like very self-aware in a lot of the, the movie. And it's, you know, cats versus dogs kind of playing off each other. Ricky Gervais is really good as a villain. Like, he hams it up big time in this one. And even George Takai gets his, oh my, <laughs> at least once or twice. So so they, they really, you know, 
you can tell that the people that made this movie had a lot of fun. Animation-wise, it's it's pretty good. I watched this on my 4K set, and it looks nice. Uh, have I seen, you know, fancier animation? It's not bad for, for 3D. Uh, for extras, you do get a fair bit in this. You get uh, cool cats and one hot dog. This is where you just kind of meet the characters uh, from the movie. You get in the drawing room with the director, Rob Minkoff. So I got all these learn how to draw the characters. It's so popular in the animation stuff. You get getting the voice of Pause of Fury, Legend of Hang. This is good, where you actually get a highlight of the voice cast members of the movie. That They don't do that enough, really, in anime features, so it's nice to see that highlighted. So you get that when it comes to extras. Not a lot. I wish there could have been some kind of like audio commentary. That would have been nice to hear, especially for some of the more, you know, bigger cast voice cast members. That would have been nice, but we didn't get that. So it's limited in a way to just that. And this is just the Blu-ray digital code. You don't get a copy of the DVD with this. It's just strictly Blu-ray and digital. Uh, so it's a little light in the extras. But a nice story uh, to it. And, and it's one of these stories that definitely could be a backdoor to a TV show. It's one. It's like, okay, once the movie ends, you could definitely see this spin off into a weekly TV series. The way it kind of finishes up. And it's nice to see Sam Jackson doing some animated stuff. Overall, it's a fun story. It, it It's... You know, the old underdog has to overcome. It's, it's the oldest time. But it, it's fun. It, 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 uh, now, you know those quotes from this. It will have you laughing from beginning to end by Michael Foust of, of Crosswalk. I know a laughing end to end, but there are moments in this that did give a laugh out of me. There are some moments that are funny. Some humor is definitely directed to the adults watching it. Some of the kids may get it. Some of them won't. But... It's kind of funny. And and the, the outfit he wears is very... It's almost like... It's like that Kill Bill kind of feeling the way it looks. I know, that's just me. But it, it, it's definitely a fun little animated feature. I, I, I'm curious to see if they do a sequel to this, where they go with the story. Because it could work, just depends on how you want to write it. So that is my take of Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank, on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment.
episode is trick-or-treat scooby-doo-doo an original movie courtesy of warner brothers pictures home entertainment warner brothers home entertainment sent me a copy of this dvd to review for the podcast the opinions i express are my own now this is the latest warner brothers you know scooby-doo direct-to-video movie and i gotta tell you ramblers as you well know if you listen to the show a long time <laughs> i'm a long-term scooby-doo fan like i love the sh- the character since the 1960s one day when the grand shelving happens, I will have a whole section, just a whole shelf or maybe more, just with all the Scooby-Doo stuff I have on video. So I'm always, you know, curious to check out something new when it comes to Scooby-Doo. Now, prior to watching this movie, there's been a lot of talk on the internet that now they're making Velma a lesbian or gay, if you will. And and they went so far as if you Google search Velma, then the you know the pride phew, little flaggies started to come down. That's been taken away. And after watching this movie, I kind of see why that start movement started to happen. <laughs> In this film, the it, this is a, a weird adaptation of the gang. Now over the years, I have seen. Oh, so many, they've done so many things with the Scooby-Doo franchise. You know, we went through this Scrappy-Doo phase at one time, which almost killed it. And there's been many iterations of the dog and the gang. And this version, this movie, once again says, it's a big what if, okay? And then what if this happened? The premise is this, where it establishes, you know, the gangs are doing this for a while, and it puts the, the what if, what if after all these years of mystery solving, especially when it relates to the earlier villains from the 1960s and 70s, the prime Scooby-Doo that I remember. What if all those villains and all, were all, all the costumes for them were funded by one person? So other than it working independently from each other, what if all these get-ups were provided by one character? And, and that, you know, is in the form of the character of Coco Diablo. Now, <laughs> this is an interesting character. She's kind of like, let's take Velma, let's race swap her, and, 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 and make this weird kind of version of Velma. And the reason why maybe they, they, the, the big movement of, Oh, well, she's more interested in women. Is that Velma's reaction to this character is 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 a reaction I have never, and I've watched a lot of Scooby Doo people. I've never seen her react to another female character this way. She goes googly eyed over this female who is like you know smart and intelligent and dresses sort of like her kind of thing. And 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 you haven't seen this reaction before, so it, it very much could have been implied 
that Velma's interested her in more than just, you know, just being friends, like maybe a little bit extra there. So maybe that's where this all came from because she just goes for a big time. And, and at the start of the story, so they, they, they end up tracking down this Diablo. They find out that she's behind all these villains. They put her away. And then that kind of puts them out of business because without her active, then their business of, of catching crooks dries up completely and the poor gang has to like find another way to function. So it's almost the same premise <clears throat> in a way of the first live action Scooby-Doo movie in that they run out of like too much of a good thing <laughs> and, and they have to uh, find a way to survive in a world where they have no crooks to catch. Coming back for the voice cast of this one, Frank Welkner is once again doing double duties as the voice of Scooby-Doo and Fred. He's been doing that for quite a while now. Greg Griffin is back as Daphne. Matthew Lillard is the voice of Shaggy because unfortunately Casey Kasem is no longer an option anymore. And now Kate McCousey is the voice of Velma. Uh, Coco Diablo is voiced by Myrna Velasco, and you're thinking, where have I heard that voice before? For the last few years, she has been the voice of the uh, Green Lantern Jessica Cruz on DC's uh, Superhero Girls. So that's where you've kind of been, well, I've heard her voice before. And indeed, Bradley Baker is the voice of Esteban, who is this really weird kind of sad goth kind of dude. This is an odd... Scooby-Doo, because right at the Star's Adventure, the poor mystery machine, ouch, gets just really hit really hard. And, and it is pretty much, slight spoiler here, gone. And it's it gets, it gets a makeover at the end of, uh, by the end of the movie. And I don't know, Ramblers, if it's a makeover. <laughs> That that we really wanted. It it gets changed in a way. It's like, okay, maybe this is just like a one-off, and going forward, it'll go back to being the van we all know and love. Or are they using this to completely reinvent it? Because it by the end of this movie, it does not look like the original. They give it quite the makeover. So all you guys, you know, like me, who have grown up loving the original van. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, the story itself is what it is. Of all the most recent kind of Scooby-Doo anime things, uh, this is coming from a long-term fan. I don't know if this is one of my favorites, uh, if you will, and what they did with the character. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that... I don't know if I really... I like the way this one was written. In a lot of ways. Uh, just the way the, the character portrayed. I I personally have had a... I've never been a fan over the last few years. The way they do Scooby. I'm an old school kind of guy. And I've probably said this before in other Scooby-Doo things I've reviewed. <laughs> I like the version of Scooby-Doo, which was in the original Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Where he didn't talk... A lot. His vocabulary was, was limited, as it should be, 
And he didn't walk upright a lot. It was very rare. And he didn't really talk in full sentences so much. It was very, very hard to understand. <laughs> now, you know, they write him in a way, it's like, he says lines, you're like the whole franchise is written around me, kind of thing. And it's like, that's way too much coherent talking in a row. And I don't like it. Uh, I, I've <laughs> been a fan of that. I wish, I don't think it's going to happen. I think I just, you know, wishing for whatever. But I, I think, he, <laughs> I don't know if his... The way, like, I don't, I don't have a problem with Welkner's impression, really, per se. I just don't like the way he's written, the way he speaks. I, I don't know if I'll ever see it go back the way he used to talk back in the Scooby Doo Where Are You days, where it was limited, not full sentences. I, I don't know if they're going to go back to that direction. Maybe I'm the only one, Ramblers. Tweet me if, if I, if you're not, if, I, if, if, if you're like me and find that annoying. Maybe I'm the only one that that doesn't like that stand. Maybe it's like, oh, Russ, just you know, the way he speaks to is great. If you're with me or you think I'm nonsense, tweet me about it because I don't know. I just like enough lesser dialogue. Sorry, Welkner, but I, I just find it weird that he talks so fluently when he never used to. He's a bloody dog. He almost talks like uh, like a person in a dog suit as opposed to a dog. That's just me, but <laughs> it's the way it is. Uh, so that's that. Uh, for special features, we don't get a lot, man. We get uh, El Bandino, Bandito, which is an episode from a more recent incarnation of Scooby-Doo. The other bonus cartoons we get is To Switch a Witch and The Headless Horseman of, of Halloween. These are both older, uh, the new Scooby-Doo adventures from the 70s with Scooby-Doo-Doo-Doo-Doo-Doo in them. <laughs> Which which uh, I I always get a kick out of. Uh, I I believe yeah you have this horse moment. The I want your head. <laughs> I want a head. It's like it's one of those lines from the old Scooby Doo. I just I always find funny. So there's that, and then the witch one, which kind of ties in to that. There is no other extras behind the scenes or voice acting or anything. Just those basic bonus cartoons which are sort of kind of related to it <sighs> in a way uh so that's that uh, overall it is what it is maybe is it my, my, my most favorite entry into the scooby-doo franchise not really um i, <laughs> I it's but, I mean, if kids were looking for something new, I just don't know where they're going to go with this whole Velma thing. Uh, it, I've never seen her character... I mean, some of the facial expressions, too, the way they animated it, I don't know if that's a style I want going forward. Maybe it's just a one-off. Maybe I'm seeing too much into it, but... I don't know. They were just doing insane things that seemed out of character to me, but maybe I'm just too old school. So that is my take of Trick or Treat, Scooby-Doo-Doo, an original movie on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and shares I get on Twitter. And, and if you follow me, I will follow you on Twitter. 
And I usually try to put up a you know new show uh, show episode postings there. I usually try to include cover art of all the things that I talk about, and sometimes show updates as well, and maybe teases of what's coming up in future episodes. So hope you keep following me on Twitter and, and stay up with that. Of course, you can check me out right here in Talkshoe, where all the new episodes go. I'm episode number one eight four one one. All new episodes get uploaded here primarily, and then of course you can catch my feed on other podcasts. Feeds RSSs such as Google Spotify, um, Google Play, and Spotify, and many other directories across the worldwide internet podcast directories. Keep in mind, uh, if you listen to me in Talkshoe, there is this. Sometimes a lot of them get put in the, these commercials for the first thirty seconds. Either it's some guy from Niagara hawking real estate, or some foreign language. I have no idea what they're saying. This is part of the deal I have now with Talkshoe. They've changed it. Don't get that thrown off. If you just skip ahead thirty seconds, you'll hear my regular intro, and you got the show. Now, I don't think that apply to the other RSS feeds, the other shows, but just keep that in mind if you listen to it right here on TalkShoe. And of course, if you want to take another blast to the past and listen to some of my older shows, including some of my older Halloween specials, where I talk about some other more Halloween-y stuff, check out my original home on the internet on Libsyn, that's HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, roundingrust, R-I-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S, dot Libsyn, that's dot L-I-B-S-Y-N as Yankee, N as in November, Com. That's our original home and internet from 2006 right up to 2013. Then I moved over here to talk to Lots of great content, interviews, reviews, convention coverage from my fan expo days, and lots of good stuff right there. You can check that out there as well on iTunes under podcasts. Just type a Ramble Russell there. You'll find my older episodes. And, and of course, many other directories across the world wide web. You can look them up there. Coming up on the show, a lot to talk about. It's, it's this month just continues with me. On the next episode of the show, you'll have a bunch of new reviews, including my 4K Blu-ray review of Aquatine, uh, Hunger Force, uh, Aqua, uh, based on the Aquatine Hunger Force show, Aquatine Forever Phantasm on 4K Blu-ray, where it's the uh, reunion of the uh, food gang, if you will, from Adult Swim. Then we venture, and then also we'll be coming, venturing into the Halo universe with Halo Season 1 on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Pictures Home Entertainment, with over five hours of extras on this, the uh, Halo franchise. Then we, uh, then also on the next show, we'll go in my Blu-ray review of the brand new uh, Brad Pitt movie, Bullet Train, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. And speaking of quick things, we'll get my Blu-ray review of The Flash, the complete eighth season on the Blu-ray, that's again courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. So that's all coming up on next episode of the show. As well, some other things I'm uh, working on, including a, a great release from Sony. It's it's a big one, so I'm trying to give it all the time I can. And that is the 4K Ultra HD limited edition film collection of the Columbia Classics, Volume 3, featuring the movies of... It Happened One Night, From Here to Eternity, Sir to Sir with Love, The Last Picture Show, Annie, got a 1982 version, and As Good As It Gets, all 4K collections. So that, going through that's a great release, and I'm going to give as, as much in-depth review of that in the future. So going away, make a review that release. As well, uh, from Paramount, the uh, great Ray Donovan, the complete series on DVD, including the movie, uh, that those two are really... Kind of holiday gift card collection. So I'm, I'm going back through Ray Donovan and we're going to go season by season with that. I just finished season one, starting on season two. The season one review will be up soon. 
and a little bit of a rehistory with that, as well on the uh, docket from Paramount, the Mean Girls Steelbook Edition on Blu-ray, as well as the uh, on DVD, the movie Jerry and Marge Go Large with Brian Cranston and Annette Bening. And from Paramount, uh, uh, from Warner Brothers, I say the, the Wee Baby Bears, the Magical Box on DVD. So that's all coming up on the show. A few other releases yet to come. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting a copy soon sent to me of the movie uh, on, on Blu-ray, uh, Bodies, 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 courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. That's still hopefully on the way. And a few other items that uh, could make my holiday gift guide a gift guides plural this year. Still working on the details of that, but some really cool potential items coming out for review on this very program. As well, if you want to contribute to the show and you want to take part in the program and, and decide what I review and contribute back to the program. I remember, folks, I don't have a Discord page. I don't have Patreon. I don't ask you guys for anything other than just downloading and listen to the show. I have set up quite a while ago my Amazon wish list where I put items in there that if you, you know, buy them and select them, I will review those items on this very show. I will credit you if you want to be credited or if you want to remain anonymous, you can remain anonymous. But there's a lot of items on there I've considered talking about, but I don't know if there's an interest. And this allows you not only to give back to the program, but to contribute to control what I talk about. And there's all kinds of price ranges there. I try to update the list on a regular basis. All kinds of different items that I've been considering that see if you want to do. So that is up there. You can look for links for that on my Twitter page. And I put the web address in, in the show notes. If you want to just copy paste that and put that in your browser. There you go. It's there for you. That is all we're going to talk about this week. And we'll catch you next time right here on Ram with Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.